that is just all women in my life mother mother-in-law daughter wife sister um i talk to people on the phone some people like lads from school that we went to berlin with the whatsapp group obviously like different people but in terms of talking this is the outlet this is why it's important this is why i'm cra- sometimes craving for male attention pause yeah have you pause <laughs> don't, don't ever unpause that eject <laughs> eject <laughs> rewind Let's do let's do this professionally then. <laughs> we don't do anything professionally. <laughs> <laughs> be are being professional. Um, what episode? Right, I'm, I'm going. I'm going on. Why are you doing that? Right, while you're searching, uh, while you're searching, I'm going to do the, yeah, this. Talk, you know, big up everyone listening. Thank you for listening. We've obviously been talking for a few minutes. This is Beer Rap and Banner at Beer Rap Bants. You can check us out on all podcast streaming platforms. Thank you for listening. No matter where you are listening in the world, we do appreciate you. We love you and hope you love us too. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening. Please recommend us to a friend or someone who you think may like us on the BRB, where we're talking all things men and life related, not just music, but everything. And then also we've got the Play On podcast, which is about football or soccer depending where you are. And um, yeah, man, if you want to write a review on where people write a review, you can. If you don't, then just be silent. Uh, This is episode 89. No, man, don't be silent. This is episode 89. You need to go and shout that from the rooftop. Speak now or forever hold your peace and no homo because I don't want you holding my peace. You get me? Well, you said that episode 89 uh, maybe we could do every episode in rhyme and make sure that each line is on time and I will shine. Listen, we can always do that. We've been doing that from time. Doesn't no. matter if it's hip hop or if it's grime. You know, I've got your spine. Jeez! Man, I spit in that grease, spit in that slime. Because cow don't eat no swine. And man, out here, we ain't locked up doing time. But we're grinding. Yo, we got a grind. The first one to flop. <laughs> <laughs> he Listen changed the rhyme scheme. My rhyme mean, I'm colder than ice cream. Jeez. Listen. Are you talking about ice cream? You know what I'm hella excited about? Yes. I think I'm guessing, but go on. Tonight. 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 The, old school, the old school versus battle. The golden age, the golden age, rap titans, two brothers from the same crew going head to head in a sound clash. Like this one is is for the for the old school heads. This one's for the the boom bap, the the Carl Carnai jeans, Carhartt hats, Peli Peli, Heli Hansen, the the, uh, polo polo gear, the the Uh, I didn't even know it was tonight. That's how disconnected I've been at the minute because of obviously work and and then my, my daughter and, and life but um bungarees worn backwards that's crisscross that's crisscross did that i think i did that for a day and i realized i looked stupid so I yeah I, tr- I tried it and it was like what are you doing this feels so uncomfortable you can't even walk <laughs> you end up pissing yourself <laughs> trying to i didn't piss myself for the record but yeah, you end up pissing yourself oh man uh, kids really? at the time, like you can't yeah. get away with that as a grown ass man trying to wear your flipping trousers backwards. Are you stupid? No, no, no. But tonight is versus. You're talking. I hope you're talking Raekwon versus Ghostface Killer. Yeah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. 
So the verses recent. So I just I heard on somewhere else that verses have teamed up with Triller. They've sold a bit of the rights to Triller that have bought up stuff. And um, this will be an interesting one because this isn't really a versus in the traditional sense of a clash. This is a celebration of music and artistry and two of my favourite Wu-Tang members. And I, I spoke about this a few, well, a while ago about my favourite Wu-Tang songs consist of these two. So I'm going to look forward to, to seeing this. Obviously, by the time you're listening to this, it would have happened. So go back and check it on YouTube if you didn't watch it live on Insta. Yeah, I mean, no. the versus battles have gone clear, you know, like obviously founded by Swiss Beats and Timberland, the hip hop super producers. If you Google versus spelled V-E-R-Z-U-Z, you're going to see they got articles in Billboard magazine and all sorts, you know. Mm. Um, and um, as Ben uh, mentioned earlier, there is a deal, Triller, the Triller Network. I believe those are the guys that put on the, um, the Mike Tyson fight. Um, the the Mike Tyson exhibition fight. Yeah. And, uh, well, I even forgot to mention Roy Jones. Shout out to Roy Jones Jr. Because he's a big man still, you know what I mean? Le- legend in the game. Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. That was a pretty dull exhibition. Just the fact that they were coming together to see it. Obviously, yeah. it was like Mike was just looking mad. like, And then Roy Jones kept coming in for the clinch to kind of stop like, Tyson going in with those heavy shots. But So it wasn't the most amazing fight to watch but the production was dope they had like snoop dogg performing um who was wiz khalifa french montana like the, the, it was a it was a grandiose production man it looked amazing um and it's that thriller network behind putting that production on that have brought out the versus um brand um and so yeah i've just got an article here from rolling stone magazine that says um there's, 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 uh, you know when I haven't even started reading it yet and I'm trying to talk about it. But you know, you know what I'm saying? The thing's kicking off, isn't it? The thing's kicking off. Like, obviously, what we've been watching, it's been something amazing for the culture. People all around the world have been tuning in to watch these sound clashes. Like you say, it's not like um, a battle per se. It's more like people that respect each other are coming together and displaying their music. Um uh and it's and it's something big for the culture so with a production company like Triller behind it you can just imagine this thing is going to go big it's going to go even bigger and better than what we've seen before yeah we've seen as this evolved the verses we've seen the production value get better like the e40 two short one which i watched which i really enjoyed the way they had the cars in the background they were talking they had like uh the DJs behind that and the whole production value was was really good at the uh, Jeezy um, Gucci Man one, which was in that club in Atlanta, which is famous. And just I think the production value is getting better. But this one, I'll be really interested to see the backdrop of where they're gonna have it. Like, phew, gonna have it in a staircase in Shaolin or something. That'll be <laughs> some pissy staircase in some uh, some block in Staten Island. But I'm going to be interested to see how they're going to put this across. Is it going to be... Because their best songs are pretty much with each other, but give or take one or two records. So it'll be interesting to see if they just do a song and they do a verse each, and then they tell a story behind it, which is... I'm really interested to see how they're going to put it out, how they're going to do the 10 songs or the 20 songs or the, or the 20 verses. Uh, the D'Angelo one was... A bit underwhelming. Uh, on paper, it sounded amazing, but 
I think sort of that, that was a bit rushed or they didn't really put that together as, as what people thought. Um, although it was good seeing D'Angelo, but this one I'm really excited about and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they, how, what they drop and, and how they put it together because, you know, just classic after classic, you know, you, you know, great night. It'll be a great night for me. Man, this, this, this just made my weekend. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. This this is like, for us, it's nostalgia, isn't it? It's, it's you know, it, it's harking back to our childhood when we first discovered these guys. And You know, kind of, we had that conversation on the last one about people going to these throwback yeah. events and like trying to you know don't these songs get old like how can you listen to these songs all the time and go to these these events all the time and for me anytime you hear a song like ice cream mm. uh, or a song like um everything uh all all, all i got is you um the, the, these songs are never going to get old man it's just going to be straight classics that just bring back that kind of feeling you know and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing these because these guys are like brothers. Like there was, there was, there was talk that, you know, like from the foundation of the Wu Tang, they were in warring crews, weren't they? There was talk that they were like enemies, like almost like a shoot on sight kind of thing, like with bad blood between each other. And it was Rizzo that kind of brought them together through music and stopped the beef between their their separate areas. So you know, if there is truth in that, I don't know the ins and outs of that backstory but if there is truth in that it's just a beautiful story to see you know two guys who possibly could have ended up killing each other or you know killing members of each other's crew people from each other's area um just kind of like squashing beef and coming together and then building a legacy you know how long were we tang going for over 20 years of making music together um and then to be able to sit down in front of the world um in peace and unity and 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 with a with a brotherhood that they've built now, you know, it's so. Be, I, I just love seeing that kind of stuff, man. I'm really looking forward to. It. Definitely, definitely, I'm looking forward to that as well. And people, check it out if you're interested in that. Um, we're going to be all over the place today, sort of so many different notes and talking topics. Obviously, just discount myself. Just because you went back to the fight of Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., I want to say R.I.P. to Marvin Hagler, who passed away recently. Um, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, one of the greatest boxers of all time. So that was that was sad to see him go. And anyone who's into boxing obviously knows how important he was in the 80s. Uh, and then there was sort of a great middleweight uh, division. I believe it was middleweight uh, of sort of him just dominating with some other people. So, yeah, it was a sad, sad time. And also massive RIP to there was I don't know if you saw this cow, man, but sort of our old area and Leebridge Road. In East London, there was a there was a fatal stabbing of this kid who got his um, basically like a robbery. They that someone tried to steal a coat that he was selling. This guy was selling designer coats out of his house, and someone tried to rob the coat. It was a Canada Goose coat, six hundred pound, eight hundred pound coat or something, maybe worth a grand if that. And the kid got his neck slit, man. Flipping eighteen year old, mad in it. Neck slit. Yeah. That's grim. Stabbed in the neck, defending his family from thieves. And this happened sort of at the top end of Leebridge Road, near where people used to go late in sixth form college and near the petrol station and stuff and that little Italian restaurant. So it's really sad, man, what's happening. So just RIP to, um, let me get the kid's name, man. RIP to Hussein Chowdhury, uh, who lost his life and his mother was attacked as well. So really sad 
seen that. There's been a lot of shit going on, man. There was that girl as well who, whose body was found. Well, we're a bit morbid at the minute, but his body was found by people. You know, the one who got attacked by the police officer and then caused all the women to march. Mad times. Talk, Just be we're careful, we're talk, man. We're talking Sarah Everett. There we go, Sarah so, Everett. Yeah. Just um, Shout out to Kim. I was talking to Kim about that last night. Um, I did want to try and get her on today, but unfortunately, um, she's... Uh, had uh, other engagements to attend to, um, mm. but yeah, this this is a serious issue for women, man. I mean, a policeman involved in murdering a citizen is never cool. Um, and I might have shared on social media before how I related to this scenario when uh, Stephen Lawrence was killed by the police when I was a child. Um, you know, I must have been like 13, 14 at the time, so that just kind of rocked me and it just kind of made me think like, cause he was what, 16, 17 when, when, when he was killed by the police. And it just kind of made me think that, you know, the people that are out here trying to protect who are supposed to be protecting citizens can actually be capable of murder, can actually be capable of corruption yeah. and they're above the law. They're in a position of power and they're yeah. abusing their power. And it, and it just really like rocked me and kind of traumatized me. And I guess it's still with me to, to this day, like how many decades later, was no. was Stephen um, Lawrence murdered by the police, or was it just a it was a racial attack, and then the police failed to? Act it was on a it? it was a group of police officers. Okay, that is mad. That is mad. Yeah, that's why that's why the black community has been so outraged over it, bro. Um, it was a racially motivated attack, um, and it was a group of police officers that were involved, man. That's mad. But this, yeah, that was, uh, the police had a lot to answer. And then they were removing the women by force at the um, vigil. And it just all kicked off. And it's not looking good, not looking good. And this happened around the corner from where my sister lives in South London. So my, my sister, obviously, a woman of the same age as this uh, Sarah Everett, rest in peace. So just if you're listening, female listeners, just be careful, no matter where you are, you know, sort of, the devil comes in all shapes and sizes and you just have to be really, really careful with your surroundings. Obviously, when you're walking home, we don't want people walking home late at night or even in the day. Just be careful of who you're with. Don't be too intoxicated. Let people know where you're going. And men have to be a bit more accountable. You know, there was even talks of some areas of like there being a curfew for men, which I think was maybe a bit extreme, but. It's uh, it's 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 fascinating hearing because I work with a majority of women, but just some of their feelings towards how they feel threatened if they come into contact with like a group of men walking past them, or the views of being catcalled or sexism that they have to deal with. And I think we just need to be supportive of everyone. If any, if if anything, COVID in the last few years has shown us with Black Lives Matter and with this Sarah Every case and. Just we just need to be supportive and just help everyone, no matter male, female, non-gender specific, white, black, purple, green spots, whatever you got. Just got yeah, yeah, it's deep. It's, it's deep. It's deep. Like when I was talking to Kim yesterday, she um the the way we ended up on that topic was when she said uh like I kind of sent her a joke. You know what I'm like with my crude jokes and stuff. Um, and then she kind of reacted like uh, negatively to one of the jokes I sent her. And then she kind of went on to one telling me about, you know, some guy jumped in her inbox saying all kinds of shit. 
Uh, and that that's kind of what triggered her, not really the joke. It was more just like she was already triggered and then that was just like the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing, the joke that I made. Um, so I think in these days and times, man, we really need to think like, you know, in, especially in a time when, you know, a police officer has been involved in in murdering a, a woman, a lot of women will be looking at that case and feeling vulnerable. And it, it's it's actually, it's a time where we can use this for positive change, where men can start to think more about the actions that we take and the repercussions of our actions, how our actions impact upon society and, and affect people and how they make people feel. And I know it's not stuff that we generally think about, anyway. Like a man will just do what a man's going to do and it's just like whatever. But we need to start thinking a bit more, man. Um, definitely. Because imagine, like, like being a man, like we never, we we generally don't ever feel that much fear. We just walk around confidently, and you know, and we do whatever we do in society. We we're just like, yo, everything's cool. But for a lot of women, it's not like that, man. They have all kinds of shit in their purse. They're constantly scared, like scared of like yeah. somebody might overpower them, might attack them, that like they might get raped or groped or you know, what I mean, someone sliding in their DMs and sending them unsolicited images and all it's it like just and 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 the, the the thing is like kim said yeah like the the sad thing was after she received that message she was just like she just kind of like expected it she's like i'm just used to it now and it's like fucking hell man i know like, it's i can only try and imagine try and empathize in it but we don't we don't really we won't really know how she feels will we no we never will and um but then it's down to men to when it comes to sort of sexist comments homophobic comments racist comments that we hear prejudice you know prejudice that we hear to, to pull up our friends our family members our workmates and we got to work together it was international women's day women's day the other day and so we're celebrating the achievements of women and do you know what i was thinking about is i like the fact that in the past we've had so many great female guests yeah, on the show without even forcing it do you know what i mean like even even though it's called beer rap and banner which doesn't doesn't mean it's gender specific, but it's a lot of lads having a having a laugh and chatting shit, or whatever. But we've had so many great female guests, and it's just felt natural. Do you know what I mean? And we've been celebrating all the great women in our lives. You know, Cal, you, you know, you got great role modeling. Your mom, amazing person. My mom, obviously, that you've met. You know, we met each other's moms, and we got female family members, and da 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 da. So we just celebrate. And it's, uh, it's what we're about, BRB, do you know what I mean? So big up all the women them, and just be careful, man. That's all I'm saying, because, you know, we, as men, like you say, we, we, we walk around not fearless, but conscious of our surroundings. But obviously men are, you know. I would you, say fearless. I would say fearless. I would say nine out of ten men don't have a canned world when we're out. With, with, with whatever is going through our mind, whatever we're thinking about, that's all that we're thinking about. We're not like... You know, having like a whistle in our purse and and, and a flipping, mm. you know, like like a can of mace and like all kinds of tools on us, like just in case something happens, we're not gonna the young you know, yeah pass the, someone at night and and be shook. I mean, I, I I was a bit more shook when I was a youth. That's what I'm saying. Maybe the younger generation, because I I remember walking mm. through certain ends, and you know, I used to, I used to, I used to freestyle to myself aloud, walking to sort of. A, give myself a bit of confidence, and B, if anyone approached me, I'd maybe seem a bit crazy in it. <laughs> so so I, I think I said this on the pod before, so I used to, I used to rap for, like, hey, just talking to the spitting bars or whatever, hood up, just to give you that, you know, and also time flies. 
when you're going. So, um, but I think people walk with a bit of conscience, you know, not wouldn't say fear maybe, but you're conscious of your surroundings. Maybe when you're younger, obviously as you get older, you don't really see it as much, but you're walking through areas, oh, is, is someone going to try and move to me, rob me? Um, yeah, you mentioned a story earlier. Rest in peace to that young man. Um, it's very sad. I mean, I'll be, I, I follow um, Farron Alex Paul, the Knife Amnesty, um, I want to call him an activist, but he's a hero, really, man, a Knife Amnesty hero. Like, you know, he's the guy that's out and about taking knives off of the streets and trying to prevent violent crime. Yeah, this is when he took the big knife off. Uh, his, he went to some house party where his niece was at or daughter was at, and he took, up, he took out all these big big knives off people's, didn't he? I remember that. Mate, like, I, like, I follow him on Instagram. So every day he posts something like one of these stories that that you mentioned earlier. He posts one like a, a similar story to that, you know. And it's really sad when you see how much uh, violence and how much crime there is out there, and how much is predominantly from what he's experiencing is predominantly coming from young men, you know. And I I roll back to when I was a young man, and it's like when you kind of come from these areas where um let's let's call them um areas of uh low economic investment um it's generally you know those kind of areas that are related to high crime right mm. and there's there's all kinds of correlations with like low academic achievement and high levels of unemployment and you know when you do the research you see there's a lot of factors involved in why there there is a lot of knife crime in certain areas um but it's generally these areas where you know i came from an area similar to that and i was you know one of these youths that saw a lot of stuff happening around me you know i I knew people that were involved in certain things and so i was a bit shook i was a bit like listen man i gotta go to the gym i gotta start lifting weights i gotta be on my p's and q's i might have to carry a tool myself gotta protect myself you know so i do feel sorry for the young men these days and i've seen with my nephews as well one of my nephews got robbed and another one of my nephews um was was thinking about carrying a tool and whatnot you know what i mean and it was just like at that age i like i know when you're a teenager and you're a young man growing up in london in certain areas of london specifically you kind of have to have your wits about you man you kind of have to be quite smart you kind of have to be you have to have that healthy paranoia in it man like healthy you know like not oh, walking around with street smart. clouds you gotta be street in the world yeah you yeah. gotta be street smart definitely otherwise you get caught you get caught lacking yeah, man. I mean, um, it's a bit of a grim topic to talk about, but it's, it's, <laughs> well, it's, it's the reality. Shed, yeah, we need to shed light on it, man. It's so, the reality. Um, and so many of us come out of it and can be like positive success stories. Like, you know, you got people like Anthony Joshua and a lot of these boxers, um, Derek Chisora and that, like they come from kind of like a rough upbringing, but, you know, they make it, you know. Mm. There's people that go into business. There's people that go to universities, people that, you know, just them do music, whatever. Like, you, you can get by people that get into football, you know. Um, I'm sure that people from, like, a Marcus Rashford or a Phil Foden type of background, you know, I'm sure they might have seen some stuff going on when they was a youth and, and they might have been a bit shook and, and thinking, man, I just need to keep my head down and just play my football. And you know what I mean? I'm just going to training and I'm going home. I'm not right hanging about on the blocks because I know there's certain men that are a bit sticky. You know what I mean? 
Definitely. I think so, having having yeah, having having a having something to do, a hobby or an interest when you're at that pivotal age of say when do you start secondary school, high school, like flipping thirteen thirteen to, to eighteen, you need something there to do after school so you're not loafing around, you're not just on the roads after school, you're not on a Friday, Saturday night, you're not just wandering aimlessly because that's when you get caught up in the sticky situations. That's when you get, you know. So I think it's important to have stuff. For me, it was it was basketball. Like almost every day, I was I was playing ball. Later, and I was playing ball in um, Walthamstow, or maybe I go Woodgreen, or I playing for a team, or, or like I had a little hoop in my garden. I was quite lucky to have a little hoop thing on some patio. I was doing drills. So you, from time you've got a, somewhere to go, people see, oh, like, like, he's on basketball, love it, love it. Oh, yeah, you're playing ball, whatever. And you might get a couple of goons trying try and get the basketball and shoot around with you for 10, 20 minutes, and, but then they soon disappear. So I think you need, whether it's music, like you said, whether it's you're doing your little business, entrepreneurship, which I think a lot of younger people are doing nowadays because you've got social media and everyone's on their hustle now. Everyone's trying to make these multiple streams of income which maybe a lot of us were naive to back in the back in the nineties and the early two thousands. So definitely have something to to keep you busy, man. The devil makes what is the saying? The devil makes work for idle hands. Is that is yeah. that the saying? That's the exact saying right there, man. That's twice I spoke about the devil now. So boy, well you better go to church. Well, church. Either that or uh, go on Twitter and have Sacco bless you. Hey, that account is hard. The the, the Saka the, the Saka may Saka bless you and is the block is the block shot from the Dynamo Kiev team and the Tottenham Hotspurs. Was it <laughs> Spurs fans? If you're listening, if you're Spurs fans, if you're listening, we've got fair corn for you next episode of Play On. But we're, we're gonna we're gonna hold it for now. I'm gonna load up the the chamber for the for the Tottenham Hotspur football fans. But you mentioned Anthony Joshua, Anthony Joshua and. Tyson Fury apparently have penned the deal. They've come to some sort of agreement yes. for a fight. People are possibly thinking it's going to be held out in either America or in Dubai. Definitely not in England because of the fact that we can't get the fans to the full capacity. And this is a fight that needs a full capacity fight. And I'm really excited about this if it happens and I can see it going to maybe a trilogy um, of fights because I know a lot of people are thinking, yeah, it's in the back. Like obviously Tyson Fury is a better boxer. Uh, he's you know he's just technically better and he's a bit more. I wouldn't say ex- I wouldn't say experienced, but you know he he went he went with he went with Wilder and Joshua's not really had that much competition. He's had a few decent fights, but I'm looking forward to it, man. I don't know how you're feeling, Cal. I know you're a guest as well, so yeah. Yeah, of course, man. I mean, I, I, from what I've read, it was a two-fight deal. Okay. So it's interesting that it's a two-fight deal, right? Because that kind of that kind of takes the pressure off of the first fight. It doesn't matter what happens in the first fight so much because oh. there is a guaranteed second fight. I don't know, man. Um, it's more pressure. No, I don't know. I know. I hear what you're saying, but the first fight is going to be that's. That's it's obviously it's obviously going to be fireworks, obviously, but it, it just takes the pressure off of AJ, right? Because AJ is the one with the belts, so I would have thought that would come from his camp. Like AJ will be saying, "Yeah, you could potentially beat me," or not saying that, but you know that's how I, 
his mentality might be like, right? You could potentially beat him. You're a good fighter. So I want a two-fight deal. Like, if I lose the first fight, then I want the option of having a second fight. Yeah, um, yeah. But if I win the first fight, why would I want to fight you again? I've already beat you, bro. <laughs> the first fight is 50-50. You know what I mean? The first fight, I think, is a 50-50 split, and then the second fight is, I want to say, maybe a 60-40 split in favour of the winner. But it's all about the money at the end of the day. Um, yeah. But if you're the champ, right, and you're defending, you're doing a mandatory title defence, why would you fight someone again, like, consecutively? You don't, show, have you don't have to, but if if you want to be considered the pound-for-pound pound best heavyweight of the, of the modern era or of your generation, then you have to fight everyone that comes your way. And the biggest issue with boxing nowadays, in any way, pretty much, is that there are so many belts and so many different um, boxing uh, setups, organisations, that everyone's ducking each other. You know, you've got Spence Jr. and Crawford, uh, you've got Tank Davis, you've got uh, Lopez, you've got, um, you know, the heavyweights, as we're talking about now. Like, they really, they should be fighting each other. They should have done this ages ago. You know, back in the day, you had everyone clashing, and then, you know, it was it was a decent time in the 90s for the heavyweights, um, and then it went a bit quiet. But everyone's just been ducking each other through contracts and money and ego. But if you're, if, if you're pound for pound, so say Joshua wins, let's just say he wins, Okay, he could win. Anything could happen. And then Fury says, right, it's contract to, to fight. He goes, yeah, let's do it again. Let's dance. Let's fight again. And he should be confident in his own ability to put him down again. Because if Joshua lands, with that, if he leads with a jab and he lands and he's got power, man, he can, he can, he can hurt Fury. He just has to catch Tyson Fury. <laughs> For me, I think since the uh, the Andy Ruiz fight, um, one. Joshua kind of he lost a few points when he kind of lost that fight to Andy Ruiz. Two, from when he did the rematch, like he learned he learned from that first fight with yeah, Andy Ruiz. Yeah. And from the rematch, I saw him step up his boxing to another level. Like he he went into that place of being able to just do a professional boxing job in with the jab out. Hit, not get hit. Duck, move, keep the opponent away from me. Do you know what I mean? And I, I appreciate that from Joshua, man. I think his game has stepped up and he's looking like a very serious fighter now. He was before, but there was still a, an element of, you know, he, he was going for these explosive big shots and kind of leaving himself open at times. And and I wondered, like, is, has he got the draw? When he fought Klitschko, that's when we realised, OK, he has got the draw. He can get knocked down, he can get up. Um, but if you're really going to be a top, top, top fighter, you've got to be able to have that that Mayweather-esque evasion in your game where you're not really going to be getting hit so much, you know, and you're going to be able to dish it out. Yeah, you can take it, but you're not going to be getting hit as much. Now, Tyson Fury is someone who's just always had that in his game. Like, his evasion skills are almost second to none, man. Like, excellent. Well, Mayweather is retired, so maybe you could say second to none, um, especially in the heavyweight division where the big guys aren't so agile. Um, so, will... Fury be able to lay a glove on sorry will AJ be able to lay a glove on Fury when he's so good at moving I mean maybe well, maybe we did see Deontay we did see Deontay Wilder catch him um but you know he got up from that and then he came back and he and he beat Wilder in his second fight yeah um and uh I honestly thought there were some theatrics in that fight man and seeing another two two contract fight like this 
I do wonder if there's going to be more theatrics in in this bout, but we'll see, won't we? We'll see. I honestly, I'm excited about it. I think it's a, it's a British super fight. This is the kind of fight that people have wanted to see for so long, man. And um, AJ's a fan favorite. Fury's a fan favorite. It's like the fan base of both of them is huge, man. So you're going to unify that. I, I don't really. That, I, I'm a bit conflicted, brother. Like, I don't really know who I want to win like i like both of the fighters you know mm. um i like i like really like fury's fighting style man he's, he's he seems a bit unorthodox but his methods are so effective man he's a great fighter yeah, and aj stories yeah yeah yeah, yeah aj i think he looks the part more doesn't he? he's like a like, like an a perfect athlete chiseled you know what <laughs> i mean chiseled 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 but they've both got stories that um, like you know, they've come from where they've come from. Obviously, Fury with his mental health, uh, obese, sort of fighting back from everything that's been going on, and then Joshua misbehaving, caught up on the roads a little bit. He was saying he was getting into sort of cars and stealing things, and he's obviously focused through boxing in Finchley, North Finchley, and he's got a strong story. Olympian, great boxer. They're both great boxers, and um, it's going to divide opinion. And but it sounds cliche, but at the end of the day, it's going to be British boxing that wins, and it's going to be inspiring for the next people coming up. I'll be interested just before we sort of move on, because obviously this is not a boxing podcast and we're just casual fans. But um, it'd be interesting to see at what round, what time, and what round Joshua catches, if he catches Fury with a big shot, how Fury responds. So if he can catch him how furious ones because he got he got hit with a you know some whacking big shots from wilder and he responded by just getting it up and and, and keeping it moving obviously towards the end of the fight sort of the the bell might have saved him but it'd be interesting to see how he responds with that and then also it'd be interesting to see if um a anthony joshua can stick to his plan whatever it is and not let fury get in his head in the ring because fury is such a slippery character and he's bigger and you know He's, a, he's, you know, he's massive, isn't he? So tall, so, but he moves, he moves like a flyweight. You know, he's so sort of light on his feet for a heavyweight. So we have lots of different styles. It's a game of chess. This is why boxing is just up there for me and I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah, yeah. can't wait for this. Can't um, wait for this. Absolutely huge, exciting event. Another, another, a big event in boxing announced is Chisora versus Parker. And then you've got um, Eubank Jr. fighting on the undercard for that fight as well. And that's coming quite soon. That's on the 1st of May. That's nice. That's big. Uh, yeah, that would be good. I'm looking for that. That would be, that would be good as well. And also we've got Billy Joe Saunders and um, Canelo Alvarez confirmed as well, I do believe, which will be massive for Billy Joe Saunders to try and step up and fulfill his potential against the best pound for pound boxer at the minute, without a doubt. This is it. So this is this is this is going to be a big uh, and that Parker Parker fought. Um, I think it was AJ, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's and a decent that, boxer. That that Parker AJ fight. I remember thinking, man, AJ is going to knock this guy out, but he couldn't. And he, he was trying. And I just remember thinking, this Parker is a really good fighter because try. It wasn't for want of trying. Try as much as he might. Like AJ struggled to beat Parker. 
and that's when I realised Parker is a serious fighter, man. And you know, Delboy's hard as well. He's been around the block, man. Um, so this is this is going to be a real war with two really hard flipping fighters, really durable, robust fighters going to it. Like, <laughs> I don't know it makes me laugh a little bit because, like, there's some boxers that are kind of like models and actors and you know they go and do movies and they're, they're like they're on the pretty boy side of things but these guys are just proper hard nuts do you know what i mean like like just proper proper fighters warriors like this is gonna be a clash of might man i'm looking forward to chisora parker still um yeah. but let me ask you a question though do you think anthony joshua could beat deontay wilder yes because that would probably I'd have a bit more faith in Anthony Joshua beating Wilder because Joshua is boxer, you know, uh, like I said, Olympian. He's got that technical ability. If he leads with his jab, if he jabs, 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 hits, and just keeps it moving against Wilder, who's a fighter rather than a boxer, then I think he could. If he he he, he could win that, yeah, I, I have more confidence in him winning that rather than him beating. Tyson Fury, if he can evade Wilder's bombs, shot, you know, big bombs or whatever, then definitely, I, can, I think. Uh, and if he, if he gain management as well in the ring, you know, you're going 12 rounds, you don't want to be too gassed too early. They're big, they're big lads. Pause. You know, he wants to time it right. So I think he could beat Wilder. Definitely. Who definitely. said that gassed out recently? Somebody did that recently. They gassed themselves out against a fighter they should have beat. Um, it might have even have been just sort of, was it, uh, no, it was um, against Pulev, it was, um, I, can't, I can see his face, I can't, Dylan, Dylan White. Dylan White, yeah. Yeah, he gassed himself out against Pulev. And that's it, with the, caught him. With the heavyweights, him that's it, with the heavyweights, one moment can end it all. Um, so yeah, you've got, you, you got some decent fights coming up, that's 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 interesting to see. Um what else we got? I'm conscious of dwelling on the boxing too long. I know Ryan sent some notes, but we're just we're just we're like water today, you know. Big up Bruce Lee. We're just flying like water. We like water. Yeah, man. Um, what did you I say want... about two, you said about two people have personally requested we talk about the interview? What's the, is that the Megan and the um, Oprah Winfrey thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just a couple of DMs uh, from people that 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 said you know it would be interesting to hear your thoughts on that. I even watch it. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't got time for that. Mate, how have you got all the way over here? Like the middle of March, end of March, approaching the end of March, and you ain't seen that interview. That's that's probably the biggest interview of the year. I can't imagine what could come out from now to the end of the year that will be bigger than that. I am um, all right. Here's here, here's my take from what I could tell from. First of all. First of all, people making the memes of like the Oprah Winfrey when she, uh, she, you know, that meme of where she looks like Ian Wright. That's a mad thing. But also the one where <laughs> <laughs> the two pictures where she looks like she's reje- she's rejecting one thing and then she's she's saying okay with the other picture. Yeah. It's like it's like five ninety nine a month or sixty nine pound a year, whatever. Blah blah blah. So mm. my take is I'm I feel for um, Meghan Markle. Obviously the race. The racism and the prejudice that she faced and she's dealing with the royal family i feel for her and i feel for anyone going through that and obviously sharing shining light on the racism is important obviously that's you know but in terms of these people getting on with their lives 
if you want to be quiet and move away from the limelight, why are you why are you speaking to the biggest person in the world, Oprah Winfrey, and then selling it around the world? Well, she's selling Oprah Winfrey's license in the interview and selling it around the world for you know, hell yeah, for peas, bro. Like yeah, she's got seven, eight million. So if you want to just do your thing and be out of the limelight and just do your charity work, then just do your charity work. But then again, get that money, Oprah. They they come on, but then again. Oh, I will talk about Kanye West in a sec because something come up about him being like the one of the richest men in history now. But um, mm. I mean, obviously shed light on it, but bruv, I got enough things happening on the ground level. I don't really care about a prince and his and his wife. And the, we know how bad the royal family is. We know the history of the royal family, how fucked up they are. We know the whole mess. You know, the monarch. I don't believe in the monarch. I don't believe what it represents or what it brings. I mean, it helps tourism and it helps this romanticized view of what's going on in England, but if you look at historically what they're doing and what they've done and, you know, I don't know, that's my take on it, but yeah, I feel for Megan and obviously anyone who's gone into a relationship of um, mixed, uh, like a mixed race relationship and then they're dating outside their race and the parents have not been supportive, then I feel for you because that's not good because we need to be accepting everyone. But uh, other than that, Let's keep it moving, is my opinion. I haven't seen it, so yeah, Cal. Okay, um, just wanted to clarify, because I think I, I, I misinformed the listeners earlier when I talked about White and Pulev. It wasn't Pulev, it was Povetkin. So when Dylan White fought Povetkin the first time, um, it, it was like a fight that he was in control of and he should have won. Um, and so the second time, they've got their rematch planned for the 27th of March, literally next weekend. Okay, right, but... So, Looking forward to seeing that. Now, on this um, on this Oprah Winfrey interview thing, um, all right, privacy. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge believer in privacy, man. It's one of our human rights. Like anybody out there, you can go if you're a UK citizen or if you're an EU citizen. You can go on Google human rights and see what you're entitled to just as a human, just as a citizen, just being alive. What what are you entitled to by being a human being? Yeah, and privacy is one of those things. And it's a really huge issue. Like there's loads of um, companies out there that are specifically like they have a whole business model aimed at taking your privacy away from you like all of these apps that we sign up for you just click accept and we're not reading the t's and c's all of those t's and c's are telling you that we're going to take away some some of your privacy and we're going to sell your data and we're going to do it and we're going to do that and we're just clicking accept 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 downloading apps and just letting companies be more invasive and i think it's horrible i think you know, Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, has come out recently and said that, you know, it's a huge problem and it's it's as big as climate change. And it's something that we need to tackle because tech companies don't need this level of invasion, don't need this level of um, data and privacy. Uh, they don't need it from us, but they're taking it from us and they, they, they're selling it on. And, you know, Cambridge Analytica with their data scandals and all kinds of stuff. It's like it's i could talk about it for ages man it's a huge issue right Mm. now for someone like prince william prince harry these guys are born into a world where there is no privacy like they're just born into this world so you would think that for them it's normal right um and then 
along comes like a Meghan Markle and you know and Harry falls in love with her and it's almost like maybe being with her has kind of opened his eyes a little bit into how abnormal things are for him and maybe it was there it was there anyway um and he would just you know what else can he do he just kind of has to go along with things you know he's with his family and this is how they are and he just has to go along with it um but then he gets to a point where he's sick of it and you know and his woman she knows of another life she hasn't lived the life that he lived and she you know maybe she feels like she doesn't want to live like that like the way that he lives and the way that they live and so this is I think this is the crux of the issue is people being unhappy, people having an issue, people wanting to to have a little bit of privacy. It's a human right. We all should have a little bit of privacy. There's certain things that the general public, although that we're really inner and although we're nosy and we want to know things, we have no right to know certain things. We have no right to invade people's privacy. We should actually be respectful and leave people to fuck alone. Mm. But I think a huge issue in society right now is is veiled voyeurism. It's just very veiled, but it's there, man. It's a huge issue. It's it's encouraged. It really is. With all of the cameras and people being able to film everything and upload everything to social media. Everyone wants to see everything. Mm. Like it has to be a picture. There has to be a video, you know, and everyone's taking pictures. Everyone's making videos. Like it wasn't like that when we were kids. Do you know what I mean? The world has changed so much. When we were kids, you literally had to be a photographer with a camera. <laughs> we had to go to a shop, buy a camera or buy a video or buy a camcorder. It wasn't for everybody to be doing that. Um, and so now that we, we're in like a surveillance state, we're in a surveillance world where everybody is potentially an agent. You know, like in the Matrix, anybody can be a, an agent. Like an agent can just morph into any single person and then suddenly be able to see everything. That's kind of what it's like now. And I can only imagine that for someone like Harry, for someone like Meghan, it would be horrible to have to kind of just go for a meal or go for a jog or you know you can't do anything and just be by yourself and be private you know you can't have a private moment everybody wants to be all over you even if you're say you've gone on a holiday and you've gone to a private island and you know you're trying to go topless on the beach and get your tan there's some fucking dirty paparazzi guy pulling out his camera and snapping pictures of you uh, sunbathing topless on holiday um it's fucking horrible isn't it so I, I I completely empathize with them, man. Like I I like a bit of privacy myself, and I see nothing wrong with them wanting that. Um, but at the same time, he's they're not average Joes. Like Harry ain't no average Joe. Like he's had a security team around him his whole life. Like you know he's uh, a public figure, and he's someone who because he's in the public eye might have some people who want to take him down, might be receiving death threats, might have people, you know, groups of people who hate the monarchy, who, you know, really want to do bad things. Um, and he talked about some of that in the interview about receiving death threats and stuff like this. And um, and uh, when he kind of announced that he wanted to go his separate ways, um 
it was like, yeah, I should be getting my security team coming with me, right? <laughs> no way. <laughs> You're on your own now, Harry. Oh, man. I mean, as someone who's worked in security, like, I understand. Could you like, imagine Could you imagine if he started rolling with the doorman from O'Neill's or something like that? I mean... Downgrade some B tech, some B tech security guards from some nightclub rather than the top top service for the royal family. (laughs) Someone's mate Dave. Yeah, my mate Dave does security. Oh my god, he's on his own. He's on his own. But having worked in security, yeah, I really understand the importance of having a security team. What it brings to someone's life, yeah. I I know that just from having worked in security team. Like, you know, we talked about women um, maybe not feeling so safe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've had so many women come up to me and thank me for my work before when I've been working in security. So many women just just to say that they just feel safe and they like coming to this venue because, like, they feel safe. And, you know, I, I, know, I know the presence it has, like, when there's a proper team that are organized and professional and they know what they're doing, you know, I know how it makes people feel and I know that feeling is priceless, you know, because I know I've been on the other side. I've been like a, a raver going to a place and felt like, rah, people are sneaking guns in there. People are sneaking knives in there. Like this is dangerous. This isn't safe, you know? So for, I can empathize with Prince Harry having had that safety, that security blanket wrapped around him since the day he was born and then to get to a point where he's like, yeah, I'm just going to take my security team with me. And then them to say, no, you're on your own. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Like, he must be so vulnerable, man. That's I, I honestly can't believe that the royal family or the institution, as you could, because he kept using this phrase in an interview, the institution. <laughs> um, I can't believe the institution would let him just not have his some kind of security i mean i can see from their point of view it's like if you're not one of us then you're not one of us then you know peace yeah, off and, like, but yeah. at the same time i feel like that's a bit spiteful it's still family in it yeah i hear what you're saying i mean i can understand their relationship with the press because of how they treated princess diana and they shitted on her you know and she was a heart of gold and, and then megan and obviously receiving backlash from um what's that prick's name pierce Piers Morgan. Yeah, he's a prick. Bro. You must you have see, seen some of the memes, innit? Fam, yeah, and I see, you see the way they weathered that guy hotted him up on the TV show when he walked off. Ah, oh, that was hilarious. They need to worry about Prince Andrews, that little that pedophile guy that's getting involved, you know, and they need to worry about all these other messed up things. But no, I, I hear what you're saying. I do empathise with her and him. And obviously, we can't relate because we're not royal family, although we are kings. They got my kings and queens in Addy world. But um, in terms of the security, I can understand why they took the security away from him. He's, yeah, 100%. He's like, you're not royal family. Like, come on, if you want to do your own thing, you got to roll dolo then. All right, safe. Roll dolo. Like, use it. So I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not a father, yeah? But you are. Like, tell me about I, I, it. Me, me personally, yeah. <laughs> tell me, me about personally, it. Yeah, if, if, if I had a you, and then my youth said, I don't want to live under your house anymore. I want to go on my own. Safe. Yeah. Go. But, you know, say like, you know, inshallah, we were we were lucky enough to be uh, very successful, very wealthy in what we do. And I suppose when you get to the top of what you do, when you become wealthy and successful, with that comes fame and notoriety. People know who you are. They know what you do. 
yeah? And there's always going to be haters that want to shoot you down, right? Through no fault of your own, they just hate you mm-hmm. because you're good and because you're successful, right? That's how things go. So if I was lucky enough to, to have a child and a family and, you know, may unfortunately maybe one day the child says, I want to go on my own, you know, and well, I, I can't imagine ever saying, well, fuck off then and go and sort out your own, you know, you know, having your security, you go and sort out, go and look after yourself, then go fend for yourself. I just couldn't do that. I, I would probably want to put, I could probably understand that it's a huge expense. Like, say, I don't know how much it costs, right? But let's say it costs something like um, 15 million a year for your security team, like, say, like a million pounds a month to get like a 24 hour security team to look after him. Yeah. yeah. I'll be like, oh, I ain't trying to pay that expense. But if you want to go on your own, yeah, my you, my flesh and blood, my kin, yeah, then you better figure something out because what I'm going to do is I'm going to drip feed this thing until it goes off. Like the tap is turning off. Yeah. So I'm going to give you it for 12 months or I'm going to give you it for six months or, you know, you better tell me your plans, how you're going to make money, what business you're going to run. If you're going to get a job, what job are you going to, are you going to go on bloody Sky Sports and start talking about football or something you know, <laughs> to make some money? <laughs> like you better do something and then you better be able to take over the reins of this security team. And, and I can imagine the Royal um, or the institution would have a certain security team that is exclusive to them. Like it might be a situation where they've got the best security in the country. They've got the best security in the world. So even if you do go and get another security team, it's always going to be a step down from what you've always had. You, you'll probably feel a sense of entitlement. Like I'm, I'm used to having the best security in the world. You know, I'm a member of the Royal family. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's not, I mean, I hear what you're saying. And from my point of view, if uh, my daughter wanted to say when she's older, um, we're talking hypothetically speaking, obviously, oh, I want to go and do my own thing, Dad, and I'm not living under the house and these rules, then safe, leave, in it. <laughs> but obviously, you want to give them enough game and guidance and make sure that they're doing the right thing so they're well equipped. But there comes a time where everyone has to fly the nest. And I think if you overprotect or mollycoddle your child, or the person, then you're not giving them a, a fair reflection of society and you're not preparing them in the way the ways of the world. Everyone needs to be, a, a, they need to be prepared to go out on their own and learn how to swim. Do you know what I mean? You, you know, you can't be with them constantly 24-7, but what you can do is prepare them. You can give them, you can, you can drop game to them and say, right, this okay, if you want to go out and do your own thing, I support that because you're your own human. I don't control you as my child. But I need to spice this up a bit. I need to spice this up a bit. So you and me, yeah, we've blown up with our podcast, yeah? BRB is now being broadcast on national television. We are <laughs> Lord help We them. are Good Morning Britain, <laughs> yeah. We are Piers Morgan and Alex Beresford. Yeah. Alright, change it. Can I be um Nah, you're Piers Morgan. No, 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 no. You dickhead. Go on your walk, bruv. Walk off, innit? You dickhead. No, I've had enough. No, no, I'm not standing for this. No, 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 I refuse to. I refuse. He's a brother. Do you know what? And he supports Arsenal as well, which makes it even worse. Because when he when he hypes up about Arsenal, people just get him. He's a prick. And he's he was infatuated about this woman. Like, he, anyway. 
Um, yeah, like, let's say we're, right, let's say, let's, let's, yeah, we are yeah. Piers Morgan and Alex. Brown. No, we're Richard and Judy. I want to be, I can be Richard, you can be Judy. I'm <laughs> 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 Philip Schofield. <laughs> I want to be Hollow Willoughby, Hollow Willoughby, Hollow Willoughby, and you can be Philip Schofield. <laughs> Uh, let's, let's use the ant and deck then, man. We're ant and deck, right? So we're rich and we're famous, yeah. You can't just tell your you, all right, go on by yourself, leave my family home where we have, you know, a security team looking after us. Or can you? Are you really just gonna like your you has is famous now? There's people you might have even known that she's had death threats in the past. She's, there's been situations where you've had to tell the security, can you just like be a little extra tight? Can you just like tighten up your shifts? And you know what I mean? Cause she's got some death threats and she's worried. Like there might've been bare times over the years where her safety has been a concern and then she wants to leave. And what, you're just going to oh, go and go fend for yourself. You yeah, but what it. can you do? You're, yeah. I wouldn't say maybe, dick, but what can you do if, if, if they become an age of, uh, legal age where they can do their own thing and if they're going to want to leave and do their own thing then you can't stop them you can't physically imprison them because that's illegal you got you got to teach them the ways of the world and be like all right the house the door's always open this is me personally to say is the door's it, is always it, is it is it tough love then no it's it's just life bro it's just the natural animalistic behavior that you know if you've got these if you got our children yeah and then like you're saying, they want to say, oh, I want to go and leave. I'm, I want to go and leave the house and do my own thing. Say to the age of what? What age are we talking about? 18? 18, 21, whatever you want. Yeah, they that, they say 30 18. is the new 21, so it might, um, your kids might be with you till they're 30, fam. No, nah, definitely not, mate. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> pack her bags at 18. No, pack her <laughs> bags at... They'll still be giving her pocket money at 28. Shit, give her Bitcoin at 28. Give her cryptocurrency. <laughs> so they'll come at age where... You support their, you support their, um, their endeavors and their wants and needs, and they go right. I'm leaving the house and they're leaving home, and hopefully it's not under bad blood. Let's just get that established. Obviously, I'm not saying get out of the yard, don't ever come back. Like I wouldn't do that. That's mad. Because then girls are on the road, they get swooped up by some goon bag. It's it's worries and problems for everyone. But I'm saying they need to fly the nest. You support that if they're 18 to 21. Hopefully. They're going to go university, although university is not for everyone. Higher education is not for everyone. I grant that. But you support them and you say, OK, let me drop some game. This is what's going to happen. If you leave, this is what's going to happen. You've got to pay your bills. You've got I to hear pay that, your But the scenario that I dropped to you is that you're rich and famous. Yeah. Yeah. And so your daughter is a someone and she's living with you where you have a security team. Yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that. The issue, it's going to be the, the same. Issue is, it's going to be the same. It's going to be the same. You just have to sort of school her and say, right, okay, this is what it's like in the world. You need to go out and learn. Everyone needs to learn. Life's, life's, life's a constant lesson. Every day we're learning. And, you know, obviously, if there's like death threats and snipers pointed at her head, then you have to think, you have to reevaluate what's going on in your no, life. It, yeah, but it's, it's, it's really that kind of time, though. It's really that kind of time. Like they've not, they've not had any. It's not some movie shit where you know what I mean. He goes. It's not taken. I'm, I'm like, like a horse's head and he's flipping bed or some shit. That's some mafia shit. But no, nah, man, I'd say look, I like, would say it is different. It is like emails and you know, I mean, dodgy, dodgy looking stuff coming in from it's empty threats. Groups, empty threats. People probably got Facebook pages where there's like uh, thousands of people in the group. 
we hate we hate Harry Group and all of this stuff. And then and then sorry to cut you. Then if that was the case and she was rich and famous and she would have enough hustlers ambition and instinct to hustle up her own money to get her own security and move smart because I would have taught her how to move smart in these streets and not get caught lacking. And if she does get caught lacking, then that's just part of life and you just have to learn how to deal with it because everyone gets caught lacking at some point and you just pray to God or whoever that it doesn't So I'm, go- I'm, I'm going for a yes or no answer here, yeah? You're rich and you're famous. Your daughter's been living with you under a security team your whole life. She one day throws her toys out of the pram and says, no, I'm going on my own and I'm taking my security team with you. Do you say yes, take them or no, fuck off, sort out your own security? I say yes, take them, but you have to pay for their salary and see how quickly she spins and does a 180 and comes back. Or, I say that now, or I might... See, it's all, it all depends on sort of the situation in which she leaves. But I would probably say, you could say, all right, drip feed. I like what you said, the analogy of drip feed and say, all right, I'm going to take them away. But then she won't learn. And then she'll always just take the piss. And because kids are constantly pushing the boundaries. So you just be like, all right, I'll take the security and then just see how you handle yourself. But I'll be having a watchful eye, maybe. One, 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 like, um, one uh, shinobi style dude or female who's just like in the wings is watching just in case it kicks off. So you, you know, I think they would learn from the drip feed thing because you've you've put it in place. Like there's gonna be like um, you know you could send them a dossier, a document that schedules the payments and you can see it. Look, they're not reading this that. Is, they're this not is the pot of money. They're, they're right? definitely not reading this that. Pot of money, the fifteen million pound a year. And wow. You're gonna get this amount for month for for uh, January, February, March, April, May, June, and then you know, that's and it's going gonna on. get drip feeded down until zero, and that's then you're gone. On, that's going on. <laughs> that's going on cigarettes, alcohol, and bloody delivery. <laughs> Imagine fifty million on Uber Eats. You've been <laughs> Nando's every day. Oh fuck Nando's. Nando's takeaway ain't the same as when you eat in a restaurant. It's really not. This I've not had Nando's. Do you know what I had the other day though that did bang. Um, we've got this burger place near us, so yeah, I had a nice little burger and some wings. But um, yeah, no, I would definitely. You got to give them tough love. You just got to let them go out and make their own mistakes. When you left your house, when you was growing up and you stepped out of the house, your mum and dad weren't on your shoulder, was you? Or your or your older brother wasn't on your shoulder? Like, let me be your security. Let me look after you. Like, you sort of just got to find. Brother, I'm just the average Joe. Didn't nobody give a fuck about me and my safety. They still don't. <laughs> Everyone gives a fuck about your safety. That's what um, I'm saying. It's a do you thing, isn't it? That's the way it's always been. And I just, I, just, I think like some of the biggest talking points from the interview were the privacy issue. Which I agree with. And then the security issue. Um, and um, I, I just, I guess because I'm connected to the security industry and I know how big of an effect that it has on people. And I just feel sorry for him that, it got cut off like that because I can only imagine that you're not just any like any random like you know like you um you run a successful company and then you run a security team because maybe you got a death for it once or you know you're a footballer so you want a security team nah man you're you're a member of the world family bro like presidential government that type of level like imagine Barack hey, Obama because when you know like if you're a president of a country when you finish your presidency, you always get a security team now, paid for by the government. Now imagine like 
say Donald Trump, nah, Donald Trump would be alright because he's a successful businessman, isn't it? But say like Obama, like he's left office and then that's it, your security team's done, like you got to fend for yourself. I just think it's a bit cold to to do that. That's all, man. No, I hear you. I hear you. I could understand why they why they cut it, um, but you know, is it, it, go on, go on. No, go on, sorry, go on. I was gonna switch. I was gonna kind of change the topic. So yeah, switch it up. Switch it up. Switch it up. Another one of the big talking points from the interview was regarding Meghan Markle's feelings. So she said um, that you know she, she knew what we should get. This is everyone's viewpoint on it right that whatever's happening in the family in the royal family right you chose to marry into that family like Mm -hmm. you were on the outside looking in and you knew that their life is going to be a lot different to yours and to what you're used to you knew that you're going to have to leave your old ways behind and you're going to have to adopt a new way of living right so for you to turn around and then do an interview, like an expose, you're taking the piss, like, the family, like, like, all families would feel like, this is our family business, our private family business, and, you know, I mean, it's not for outsiders, you don't need to go talking to people about how we do things, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's family business, Um, but what what she spoke about in that interview was she spoke about her mental health, and how things were difficult for her, how, you know, she kind of reached out and she tried to talk to people. And she even said that um, she felt suicidal. She felt like she wanted to kill herself. So that was arguably the biggest, well, one of the, because there were so many. That's one of the biggest talking points of the interview that Meghan mm. Markle said she feared for her, her mental health and she reached out and nobody gave a shit. Like, they, she was saying, I want to talk to a council, I want to talk to somebody. And she reached out to the institution and the institution was like, no, nah, we're, we're not going to do that. We're not making those kind of services available. Um, and it was that, that was like the last straw where Harry said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm taking my wire and we're cutting out because mm-hmm. you don't give a shit. It was that kind of a vibe, innit? So, I don't know, thoughts on that? Um, well, I touched on it. Like, obviously, I feel for her with the race, like how she felt. You know, um, I think did she have her passport taken as well? Didn't they take her? Like, didn't they take some of her documents? But I feel for her and anyone that goes through these mental health issues, obviously. And it now that we're being made more aware of it, it's become more prevalent. Obviously, I feel for her and I feel sorry. And anyone who's faced prejudice or racism within a family. Um and yeah, that's it. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Like, oh, no, that's cool, man. I, I wish left, we had. They've yeah, left. Go. They've left the. They've left the establishment, and they've gone public. Which, on one part, you're thinking, why have you gone public if you want to be a private people? But then, on the other hand, I understand they've gone public to say, you know, up yours, royal family, and this is what's going on, and you know. It doesn't bode well for the royal family in the eyes of the rest of the world. So I understand where they've done that. I feel for them. I feel for anyone who's had to go through any prejudice or whether or family members have phased out them because they're dating uh, someone they don't agree with. If you're if you're gay and you know you're dating someone of the same uh, gender and your family didn't agree, or you're dating someone who's non-Muslim and and you're Muslim and your family is, you know, 
etched you out or you're dating you're white and you're dating someone black or do do, 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 do you know what i mean so i do feel for you uh and just i think it's important that you know you feel loved by someone or some people and to concentrate on the positive and the love that you feel from your close circle and what's meant to be is meant to be you know it all works out in the end the universe still works its way uh and just that to stay positive. That was a whole lot of waffle, man. <laughs> that, was, that was, that was, I think I articulated, but, bro, you're chatting, how was that waffle? What did you want me to say? You're killing it. I I, I put my heart on the pod. This is, ah, uh, you're killing me, man. And the universe will all work out to the This is why you're moving like Pierce, Pierce Morgan, right? What's his name? Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Morgan. You're, you're moving, you're moving real Piercey at the minute, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> the universe does work out like that like it was meant to be is meant to be and I feel for you ultimately what I was saying Cal you obviously didn't hear what I hope you took from this I know brother come on but um, that we feel for you and if people don't like what you're rolling with fuck a minute two, two middle fingers up <laughs> like yeah, yeah, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, I hear that, I hear that. What it was, what it was, was um, because she's an actor, there was a lot of feeling that when she said that stuff there, how do you know that she isn't acting? You know, how do you know that she isn't, you know, putting on the the sad face and and milking the story and oh suicidal and oh they didn't care about my mental health and oh always complaining and moaning there is a side of it that you know makes makes you think you know man up almost you know like suck suck it up suck it up whatever like you knew what you signed up for um deal with it um that's that's andrea's that was my wife's response it's just sort of like you know you know what it was when you signed up just get on with it but that is not the maybe not the right approach so you know i don't know i'm bored about this let's talk about something else man i, I appreciate just a, it. just a couple of more points to, to to cover before we're done that it's interesting that you you say you know you know what it was when you signed up deal with it but at the same time you're saying well you know i feel for anyone with mental health it's kind of like it's almost like a contradiction there no I, I feel for people with who suffered the mental health and suffered some sort of infliction from the family members or extended family members. That's one thing with this royal familyness, you've, you, you're married to someone incredibly important and there's all this baggage that comes with it. Okay. There's a lot of shit. You knew what was going to happen when you signed up. Like you must've known the history. Someone must've dropped game to you that, you know, that their fam, the royal family are fucked and look what they did to princess Diana and look what is going on. So, you would have been prepared. You would have been incredibly naive if you weren't prepared that you were marrying a prince. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you thought, oh, I'm going to marry a prince and it's going to be calm and, you know, I'm this American girl and I'm mixed race, then everything will be all right and everyone will accept me, then you're naive. And yes, we everyone should accept you and people that don't accept you for who you are, fuck them. But incredibly naive to not... Yeah, I mean... It, yeah, it wasn't surprising to hear that, you know, in that interview, there was some some talk about racist allegations emerging and stuff. You know, that's like you say, that's just what you would expect. Right. Mm. It's just what you would expect. I'm not saying it's right. Um, I'm not saying I'm, it's I'm, right. But I'm not saying it's right. I mean, it's just what you would expect. It's, it's what it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of people 
that are offended by the interview, you know, it's like the cancel culture has jumped on onto uh, Meghan Markle, and it's oh, like oh, cancel culture. These the Pierce, yeah, the Pierce uh, Morgan wagonist, they've jumped on his hype and and they've tried to make it about the royal family and 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 like almost like national pride and stuff like that. But they're know, the type of pe- they're the type of people that voted Brexit and think the Tories are doing a good well, job. They, they can fuck off. Well, you know, some people like to to make it an us and them situation, right? It's like you know, okay, so Harry's no longer with us; he's with them. So, you know, fuck them. And um, I, I honestly, I just, I don't look at things like that, man. I think there's always us in it. We're all just one in it. Um, and you bring her Meghan Markle in, she's one of us now, isn't it? So, she's one of our own. She's one, one of, of our own. Oh, talking of that, Shamima Begum, she's one of our own. Do you remember Bombo that Clad. She's They've denied her. Not, not allowing her back in. They, but they take her. They don't talk her citizenship away. What do you think was going to happen? No, there's another appeal. I thought they were going to let her because she was like a groomed, yeah. a groomed, a groomed British teenage girl. No, they don't talk her. The, the worst part is. No, there was a recent thing where she got denied again. It was, it was, it was the, it was the Asian people working in government that duppied her. It was them in the positions that came out and took the hard line stance and said, nah, fuck that. You're not, you know, you don't deserve to be British anymore. Or you're not British anymore. Cause, Cause you know, you know how it is, isn't it? Like they kind of want to show that I'm with you. Like I'm, I'm with you Brits. I don't feel sympathetic towards this just because she's Asian or whatever. Mm. And the in reality, it's like, again, it's like some of these hard line stances, man. It's a little bit, it's a little bit mad. Like it's a bit too harsh. Cause with her, She's a British citizen. She's born and raised in this country. There should really be nothing you do in life that takes away your status of being a British citizen. She was groomed. Like, even if it's like, yeah, all right, she was groomed as a child, true. Even if it was like she was a grown-ass adult and she did some crimes against Britain, she's still a fucking British citizen. You're born and raised in this country. Come back to Britain, go to jail, go through the judicial process and be punished for your crimes against the country, in this country. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so, they so, to make it her... doesn't make sense to me, bro. It, for, me, it, it's, for me, it just stinks of, of people in power abusing their power and making a statement. That's, that, and that's the kind of thing that I don't like, man. Mm. Mm. They, made, they made a thingy of her, innit? Um, Let's make an example of her. There we go, yeah, she made an example. But... Um, yeah, man, it's quite, it's quite a deep episode. I'm I'm glad we're talking about these things. It's it's good to talk about these things. Um, yeah, I, wait, wait, wait. There's another big talking point from the interview that I'm sure people are gonna want to listen to our thoughts on. So we covered the security issue, we covered the privacy issue, the angle that you know she's an actor and she could be just kind of like pretending about everything. Um, the family aspect or kind of bringing up all the family shit, the racism angle. Uh, we we kind of covered it a little bit. Um, yeah, we I think we kind of covered it a little bit. It was basically the allegation that someone in the royal family was um, wanting to talk about, have conversations about what colour the baby's skin would be before the baby Archie was born. Um, and yeah, again, for me, it's like that kind of thing there. I think that's light. I think that's light work, man. I don't think that would have... Um, I don't think yeah. that would have that would been that big of a deal for me. Nah, I don't think um, that's deep. But that's and, and and the person wasn't like 
the person's name wasn't dropped, but it leaves the question, you know, who is it? Who would be having those kind of conversations? Who would be so obsessed with finding out what kind of colour skin the baby was going to have? Like, why would it even well, matter? It shouldn't matter. No, it, it shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter. I could under... I don't think it's that deep because I think people have this natural conversation anyway. If you're in a if you're in a mixed relationship and you have a baby, uh, or you're having a child, you're naturally going to say, "Oh, is it going to be? I wonder, like, is it going to be dark? Is it going to be light? Is it going to have hair? You know, curly hair, straight hair? Is it going to have blue eyes, green eyes, brown?" Did eyes? you have that conversation? Yeah, yeah, you have this conversation all the time. You have a natural, you have this natural conversation. You know, okay. um, this is interesting. You're going to say. So who did you, know, you have this conversation with? Like, my wife, somebody, everyone, <laughs> everyone. Did somebody <laughs> ask you or did you initiate this conversation? I want to find a, a specific example of somebody that maybe initiated a conversation with you and who it was, what their relationship to you Everyone's, was. no one's initiated. I think the main talking point, I would say, everyone has said, oh my God, the baby's going to be beautiful because mm. it, because of like the mixed. Yeah. And then, what's not to like well yeah uh, but then that goes to color you know there's the whole colorism thing with that but um uh i think they're saying you know if it has your eye color like my eyes like if it's mixed race with blue eyes that was a big not a big talking point but that sort of became a bit more uh prevalent in the conversation but no we did what, people what color eyes like, does she have at the minute it's still it's uh it's uh, she's got brown eyes because i think she's still developing her over the next few months the melanin or the amount of melanin and the eye colour and the whole biology you know everything starts putting into place of sort of what she's going to look like because I think she you know hair's still growing that reminds me when my nephew was born he looked like a white boy like like my brother must have been looking at his baby hey yo hey yo yo but then but then that conversation comes in you say you say you know is it going to be is the baby going to be uh dark or light or what you know i don't think there's no right or wrong things to say you just have these natural conversations if ever you've got any two people even if you've got two people with the same skin color you're going to be talking about oh is it going to have your eyes your nose is it going to have your height is it going no, to be but i want the specifics from you bro i want it like did you specifically have a conversation with someone about the skin the color of the baby's skin and did they initiate it um because that's the comparison yeah yeah of course uh People say, is it going to, you know, I'm trying to think. Not really. I don't think if, if anyone said, oh, it's the baby. Ooh, so it's baby. not that common of a thing, man. It's not that. It's common to, yeah, be curious and to talk about the baby, how's the baby's going to look. And, you know, that's, I, the, same no. that's the same but, thing. But that's the, the, the colour of the skin was what was what is what came out of the interview that there was multiple conversations about what color skin is the baby gonna have though like how's it gonna look like what's it gonna look like how's it gonna what's, look? It, what's it gonna look like and the color of the skin is the same thing uh, yeah well, also yeah, coming yeah. from also coming from also coming from a royal family who are all white who live yeah. in a complete bubble of you know they're not from you know they're not from a multicultural background they're not from uh, any, they won't have any encounters social, socially or culturally with people who are black, Asian, 100. whatever, or, or you know, where there's, there's mixed race people. So 100. their natural, their natural in, uh, inquisitive mind and inquiring, they will say, oh, is it going to be like this? It's going to be this. Just yeah. like if you was in, just like if you was in China, uh, and the, the, the Chinese uh, or the Asian man or woman got with a 
a white or a black man or woman, and they're gonna say, or is it? Is it, you know? Yeah, so, I agree with you. And there's a lot of racist people in China. That's the thing. There's a lot of racist people, man. Like the reactions, the way they treat people. Like, did you hear about all this Corona stuff where uh, they were? They were believing that African people in China were spreading the coronavirus. Yeah, that was messed up. That was messed up. Evicted from their homes, thrown out onto streets, used entry to restaurants. Terrible yeah. truth, man. I don't know if there's a lot and of it's the bloody, And it's them, it's the Chinese that, that bloody started and spread the virus themselves. Oh, my God. Careful, Cal. No, I'm not trying to be Donald Trump and say it's a Chinese virus, but this is the widely known fact that the coronavirus originated in china and you know people have i think there's traveled of, to other places and then it yeah. spread like that i think all countries have their prejudices and, and, and there's pockets of racism i think to say like all chinese are racist they're probably sort no, of no, i didn't say all i said a lot and 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 it's proven but there's a billion of them the coronavirus, i mean they've dealt with their coronavirus outbreak now haven't they because that was the place where, it, where the epicenter where it started so they were ahead of everyone with their lockdown procedures and everything so by the time they had it out of control places like us we, so by the time it was under control in china places like us in europe were just well, starting to get the coronavirus and just thinking about okay what are we going to do to solve it we're going to have to go into lockdown um or so but, we think or so we're led to believe you don't really know no no, no i was following this. it i was following it at the time i was I, I i know a chinaman i used to work with a chinaman and i reached out to him on a holiday for information and he started sending me little YouTube videos and stuff so I could see, oh, oh this is how they're doing it in China. And, and and I was researching and I was looking at all the different countries, Taiwan and Singapore. And there's you can go in the Office of National Statistics okay. and you can and uh, the World Trade the World uh, Health Organization had a coronavirus tracking uh, website and you could see the the death rates and the infection rates um, and the daily numbers. I was looking at it daily and analyzing and looking at how every country was dealing with the virus differently and and looking at the the actual population compared to the rate of infection. Mm. So basically looking at the percentage of the people that were being infected and were dying. And that was what I was comparing because it's one thing if there's a country with like a hundred million people and then there's one country with like 10 million people and you're comparing them and oh one country's got 10 people dead and everyone's got 100 people dead it's like wow that country with 100 people dead. it's like come on man the population is much bigger so you have to compare the percentage of people infected the percentage of the death rates and look at how long it's taken them to deal with this that's what i was looking at and i was looking at china and you know china taiwan um south korea places like that singapore they they dealt with it very efficiently they they got it done quickly but that's partly in to do with how their country operates because in china it's like a communist regime where the government don't really give a shit government will just do what the fuck they want like the government will just tell you listen stay in your house if you come out past six o'clock you're getting shot um or you're going to jail <laughs> you know what i mean like we can't do that over here um you know we've got people trying to burn down 5G flipping telephone masks. It's 5G, it's spreading the coronavirus and shit like that. You know what I mean? Um, they ain't doing that in China. They're just obeying what the government says. Um, and the government brought this thing under control very quickly. But we digress. Um, I think the point was that there is racism everywhere. There is racism where people don't have exposure to people 
from other races, from other groups. And, and it's pretty much, it's largely just ignorant. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just kind of ignorance. And it? it just means you're going to be a bit childish and you might be making jokes and stuff because people look different to you. People act different to you. You might be curious when someone from your family has a baby with someone from another group. You might be curious, how's this baby going to look? How's it going to turn out? What's going to happen? You know, so for me, those kind of conversations ain't such a big deal. But when it came out in the interview, Mm. it got got spicy, it got spicy. Um, I think it's important to be inquisitive, especially if you're sort of not linked to that culture or that race or sort of you you know you gotta ask questions and learn and that's the only way you can you know we can eradicate prejudice or sort of stereotypes by talking and, and educating people so I, I'm glad that this interview brought up so many talking points and hopefully it will spur people on um, there's a lot to talk about damn I've never spoken this much about the royal family in all my life so whoever wanted to hear about this from us I hope you're satisfied. Chris. I hope you are. Yeah, and hit us up on social media. Let us know if we missed anything out. Uh, or <laughs> I don't ever want to talk about real. this again. This is mad. <laughs> I oh, think like, my final thoughts on it is that I'm happy after watching the interview. I thought it was really insightful, man. Uh, I think it is family business, and it's sad that it had to come out in public like that. But I'm, I, I mean, for one, I'm glad that you know Megan spoke her truth. I'm glad that Harry, in particular, had a chance to speak truth into power because he started going in on the other contentious topic on the interview, which is the media and the tabloids and the relationship that the royal family have with the tabloids. He kept speaking about the institution, made it sound like some some kind of organization behind the the uh, the royal family and the relationship that the institution has with the tabloids and the people in the media and mm. ooh, he was very passionate about that so you know i am just happy that he had a chance to let everybody know where his head is at and you know that he's in a good place now he's got a good thing going on with his wifey and with his family and he just wants to be happy man and more power to them i hope they both live happy and i hope they both like slide into my paypal account drop me a little something something for my trouble for bigger them up you know what i mean that's it maybe pay for your security team so you can feel safe on the road <laughs> in case somebody tries to come for me <laughs> yo Carl, i heard you've been talking mad spicy i'll come for you i'm coming for you right, i'm getting a stitch Allow me. Allow me. Hey, you shouldn't say that. Hey, big up our Mus- big up the Muslim oh. listeners, big up the Jewish massive, big up the Hindu, Sikhs, Christians, Catholics, Jedi's, no matter your religion, oh. Rasta, big up the Rastafarian crew, big up everyone, the atheists, big up Big up the Church of Satan. Mm, that's three times I mentioned it now. Why why can't we pick them up? We pick up everyone else. Alright, alright Discriminate Ain't they teaching that shit in schools? You should be bigging them up What? Say t- big, what? Wasn't there, wasn't there a lot of talk that that was going to go into the curriculum? That, um, maybe no, no, not my school, mate Not while I'm alive um, Let me give you this shit uh, Church of Satan Pagans Curriculum UK Look, Google knows what I want Here we go uh, There's there's an article in Independent There's an article in The Guardian. No, Satanic Temple seeks to start after-school programs. What area? Wait, let me click on this independent thing. Look at the the picture of this guy. 
He looks nuts. Uh, so basically, this looks like an interview with a Satanist, and he's talking about why everything you think you know about his religion is wrong. Um, let me see if I can find the word curriculum in this article. No, the word curriculum is not in this article. Um, and the word school just comes into the sentence school of thought. So yeah, I'll have more reason. I wonder where you got this one. That's a bit. No, I remember hearing some talk about Satanism being in the curriculum. Because it's just a different religion, isn't it? If you say so. No, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like to look in, I'd be interested to hear what was going on with it. Um, you know, oh, yeah, that's a mad thing still. Super mad, super mad. But, you know, what is religion anyway? Other than by a means to control masses. Or, you know, a way to find guidance and light. However your religion, whatever your religion, whatever your views, be a Support Ooh. you as long as it's not some, some. Wait, wait, wait. Got something here in the sun from 2016. As long as it's not Satanism, that just sounds mad. Demon Headmaster. That's Primary a film. School. That's a book. <laughs> Primary school ordered to allow a satanic temple to run an after school club. That's a book, Demon Headmaster. The, the, cent- the Centennial Elementary School in Mount Vernon, Washington State, has been warned by a lawyer hired by local education authorities that it must let the bizarre program go ahead or be sued and lose. Wow. The school will have to allow a satanic temple after school club. Looking at the imagery, brother, it's nuts. You know when they've got like the Baphomet head over the five-star pentagram, the five, um, what's the five. what's what's the other ones as well? Mormons, big up the Mormons. I know. Uh, I, I play basketball. I used to play basketball with a lad who was a Mormon. He's he's a top lad. Big up Josh, good baller as well. Big up the Mormons and big up the um, Jehovah's Witness and everyone, whatever your religion. But this big up everyone. But what I'm what the point here is that according to a Supreme Court ruling, schools must allow all organisations, religious and secular, to use school property as long as it doesn't promote hate speech or violence. Bang! It's in the American Constitution. This was 2016. This school, this school thing happened. That was a world away. Just reading from the Guardian. All right, that's food for thought. Um, I really need to go to the toilet. And uh, are we are we gonna dappy the episode? I dappy them. I dappy them. I dappy them. I dappy them. Knock off. Um, a quick couple shout outs to the music projects that I've recently dropped yes. that I haven't been listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, so. There's been so much that's dropped in March. Um, Denzel Curry dropped something with Kenny Beats. Um, mm. I don't know if we talked about Drake on the last episode, but Scary Hours was, was a dope yeah. little, little free so tracker yeah. from um, Drake. Uh, the lovely Janae Aiko, I love her so much, man. That's wifey right there. She dropped Sailing Souls Deluxe. I'm going to enjoy listening to that after the episode. Um, we've got so many artists that I'm not too familiar with that have dropped something, but Givian is a new singer. I think you heard something from Givian once, Ben. I remember you talking about it. Um, and uh, he's got an album, When It's All Said and Done, Take Time. That's going to be banging because he's so talented. Uh, he's got a great voice. Um, you got Benny the Butcher and Harry Fraud, The Plugs I Met Too. Yep. Um, this is an interesting one for me. Uh, literally dropped yesterday. Uh, Colter the Friend, who is like one of these 
friendly rappers. Like you can hear it in his name, right? Call it a friend. He's like a, uh, you know, like a chance to rapper, that kind of vibe, that kind of um, branding. He's done a collab album with Static Selector. So you can imagine that's going to be dope, right? Because Static's beats are cold, like proper like throwback, boom bap, hip hop stuff, but with a little modern uh, element in there too. So I'm going to check that out. Actually, I've downloaded that, that Givian and Janae Eiko. So I'm going to have my listening session to all of that tonight. And what else is looking interesting? Uh, Benny, the, no, we talked about that already. What am I getting excited for going back on the same stuff? Boy, Guap Dad 4000 and Illmind. Illmind is a mad producer. I absolutely love his beats. So that, that that's going to be at least a head nod in something to listen to. Um, and there's some guy I've never heard of before, but his name is Fly Anakin. And I'm just like, come on, man. Your name's Fly Anakin? Like, i got to check that out. Pretty cool. Um, big up Genesis Elijah on his project of the 50... Oh, I had it just here, 52 weeks or 50... Basically, he's dropping he's, yeah, 53 weeks. So basically, if you go on Spotify, Genesis Elijah, who we've had on a podcast before, is every Friday for this year, he's dropping new music and he's got something with Matt Willis. Um, he dropped something with uh, Manga St. Hillier recently, uh, Maxwell D, Snowy Danger. So he's his grafting man. And I think he's one person who everyone needs to acknowledge and give him his flowers. So check out Genesis Elijah, 53 weeks, a banger every Friday for your earbuds, earpods, earphones, Bluetooth speaker, whatever you're rocking. Um, mm, shout out to Sharky Major. He's got a new release as well. Yeah, I only listen to the plugs I met too. I'm a big Harry Fraud fan and I like Benny the Butcher, one of my favourite new artists. Uh, standout tracks was the Two Chains, Plug Talk, and the fact he's got French Montana and Jim Jones on a record, Longevity, That's Hard. And uh, Jim Jones also hooked up with Harry Freud to put out the... Uh, some new projects. So big up Harry Fraud. Yeah, forgot big up Jim. Big up Jim Jones, man. Just old school some, man. Yeah. Someone mm, I can listen mm, to mm. a lot. Um, right, I'm I'm gonna wet myself, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to kick. You got to roll. Justin Bieber got a new rhythm with Burner Boy. I'm looking forward to that collaboration. That could be dope. Meh. Right. Time to go. Time to go. Big up Cal for bringing the topics. Big up the listeners at Beer Rap Bands. Beer Rap and Banner at gmail.com like Cal said if you've got any topics you want us to discuss or you're liking what we're saying hit up in the DMs slide in the DMs um, I'll title the women make sure you stay safe no Cause... doubt rest in peace to Sarah Everett R.I.P. to uh, Marvin marvellous Marvin Hagler as Ben said earlier and yeah man yeah and that, sure. you, and that you who lost his life in Leibridge Road East London, what is going on? Fix up, man. It's not good to see my area in the news like this over senseless killings. Um, big up listeners all over the world. We love you. Hope Make you love sure us. you subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And happy St. Patrick's Day for the other day. Have a Guinness. And we are. Peace. Though, man, so the podcast we obviously talk our talk, and um, yeah, the football podcast and beer rap and banter podcast, so it's good, man. So this is my outlet. Um, well, we've been recording for a minute, so I might just like I might just try and like nick some of that banter for the intro or the outro. Keep it, keep it all, keep it all. We're rolling with it. This is this is what made BRB great. This is where we're going back to the essence, the, the first 
the first season. We didn't even break this down into seasons, you know. If this podcast was a, like a like a box set, we'd be on season Ooh. eight. Are we doing? Are we doing ten episodes a season? We can still do that. It's, the thing is, was, wasn't there a classic formula of having twelve? Yeah. Per season. And then it just got mad. People started doing anything they want to do. Like people having like seasons where there's like eight episodes and then the next season comes out twenty-four episodes. Like what the hell are you doing? Yeah, so we'd have to we'd have to fit in. I don't even know what episode we're on now. There was a time when we named every episode after a uh, a footballer, but then we just ran out of footballers after like a certain number. You know what? I thought I thought that was a really cool cultural thing we had going on. Like maybe we should find another thing. To name the episodes after, I, I still think we should go with beautiful women. That would be a, a great thing to have. But you know, I could see. How, what do you mean? You know, beautiful maybe women. some people might be offended by that. Like we could just name each episode after beautiful women. We could be like, yo, this is episode ninety-one, the Pam Greer episode. Uh, it's it's too subjective, I think. And we got we got female listeners that we don't want to offend. And let's make it something else. I like what you're thinking. Let's make it. Uh, maybe like a date in history or a number. What what number is this episode? Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, let's do let's do this professionally then. <laughs> we don't do anything professionally. <laughs> <laughs>